0: section 9 of confessions volumes 5 and 6 this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by martin geeson confessions volumes 5 and 6 by jean jacques rousseau anonymously translated section 9 i now touch on the moment that binds my past existence to the present. Some friendships of that period, prolonged to the present time, being very dear to me, have frequently made me regret that happy obscurity, when those who called themselves my friends were really so, loved me for myself through pure good will and not from the vanity of being acquainted with a conspicuous character perhaps for the secret purpose of finding more occasions to injure him from this time i date my first acquaintance with my old friend goffecourt who notwithstanding every effort to disunite us has still remained so still remained so no alas i have just lost him but his affection terminated only with his life death alone could put a period to our friendship m de Gouffcourt was one of the most amiable men that ever existed it was impossible to see him without affection or to live with him without feeling a sincere attachment in my life i never saw features more expressive of goodness and serenity or that marked more feeling more understanding or inspired greater confidence However reserved one might be, it was impossible, even at first sight, to avoid being as free with him as if he had been an acquaintance of twenty years. For myself, who finds so much difficulty to be at ease among new faces, I was familiar with him in a moment. His manner, accent, and conversation Perfectly suited his features. The sound of his voice was clear, full and musical. It was an agreeable and expressive bass, which satisfied the ear and sounded full upon the heart. It was impossible to possess a more equal and pleasing vivacity, or more real and unaffected gracefulness more natural talents or cultivated with greater taste join to all these good qualities an affectionate heart but loving rather too diffusively and bestowing his favours with too little caution serving his friends with zeal or rather making himself the friend of every one he could serve yet contriving very dexterously to manage his own affairs while warmly pursuing the interests of others gaufecourt was the son of a clockmaker and would have been a clockmaker himself had not his person and desert called him to a superior situation he became acquainted with m de la Closure, the french resident at geneva who conceived a friendship for him and procured him some connections at paris which were useful and through whose influence he obtained the privilege of furnishing the salts of Valais, which was worth twenty thousand livres a year this very amply satisfied his wishes with respect to fortune but with regard to women he was more difficult he had to provide for his own happiness and did what he supposed most conducive to it what renders his character most remarkable and does him the greatest honour is that though connected with all conditions, he was universally esteemed and sought after without being envied or hated by anyone, and I really believed he passed through life without a single enemy—happy man. He went every year to the baths of X, where the best company from the neighbouring countries resorted and being on terms of friendship with all the nobility of savoy came from aix to Chambéry to see the young comte de bellegarde and his father the marquis d'entremont it was here madame de Varence introduced me to him and this acquaintance which appeared at that time to end in nothing, after many years had elapsed, was renewed on an occasion which I should relate, when it became a real friendship. I apprehend I am sufficiently authorized in speaking of a man to whom I was so firmly attached, but I had no personal interest in what concerned him he was so truly amiable and born with so many natural good qualities that for the honour of human nature i should think it necessary to preserve his memory this man estimable as he certainly was had like other mortals some failings as will be seen hereafter perhaps had it not been so he would have been less amiable since to render him as interesting as possible it was necessary he should sometimes act in such a manner as to require a small portion of indulgence another connection of the same time that is not yet extinguished and continues to flatter me with the idea of temporal happiness which it is so difficult to obliterate from the human heart is monsieur de conzier a savoyard gentleman then young and amiable who had a fancy to learn music or rather to be acquainted with the person who taught it. With great understanding and taste for polite acquirements, M. de Conzier possessed a mildness of disposition which rendered him extremely attractive, and my temper being somewhat similar, when it found a counterpart our friendship was soon formed the seeds of literature and philosophy which began to ferment in my brain and only waited for culture and emulation to spring up found in him exactly what was wanting to render them prolific m de conzier had no great inclination to music and even this was useful to me for the hours destined for lessons were passed anyhow rather than musically we breakfasted chatted and read new publications but not a word of music the correspondence between voltaire and the prince royal of prussia then made a noise in the world and these celebrated men were frequently the subject of our conversation one of whom recently seated on a throne already indicated what he would prove himself hereafter while the other as much disgraced as he is now admired made us sincerely lament the misfortunes that seemed to pursue him and which are so frequently the appendage of superior talents. The Prince of Prussia had not been happy in his youth, and it appeared that Voltaire was formed never to be so. The interest we took in both parties extended to all that concerned them, and nothing that Voltaire wrote escaped us. The inclination I felt for these performances inspired me with a desire to write elegantly, and caused me to endeavour to imitate the colourings of that author, with whom I was so much enchanted. Some time after, his philosophical letters, though certainly not his best work, greatly augmented my fondness for study it was a rising inclination which from that time has never been extinguished but the moment was not yet arrived when i should give in to it entirely my rambling disposition rather contracted than eradicated being kept alive by our manner of living at madame de varance which was too unsettled for one of my solitary temper the crowd of strangers who daily swarmed about her from all parts and the certainty I was in that these people sought only to dupe her, each in his particular mode, rendered home disagreeable. Since I had succeeded Anne in the confidence of his mistress, I had strictly examined her circumstances, and saw their evil tendency with horror. I had remonstrated a hundred times, prayed, argued, conjured, but all to no purpose. I had thrown myself at her feet, and strongly represented the catastrophe that threatened her, had earnestly entreated that she would reform her expenses, and begin with myself representing that it was better to suffer something while she was yet young than by multiplying her debts and creditors expose her old age to vexation and misery sensible of the sincerity of my zeal she was frequently affected and would then make the finest promises in the world but only let an artful schemer arrive, and in an instant all her good resolutions were forgotten. After a thousand proofs of the inefficacy of my remonstrances, what remained but to turn away my eyes from the ruin I could not prevent, and fly myself from the door I could not guard i made therefore little journeys to geneva and lyon which diverted my mind in some measure from this secret uneasiness though it increased the cause by these additional expenses i can truly aver that i should have acquiesced with pleasure in every retrenchment had madame de varance really profited by it but being persuaded that what i might refuse myself would be distributed among a set of interested villains i took advantage of her easiness to partake with them and like the dog returning from the shambles carried off a portion of that morsel which i could not protect pretences were not wanting for all these journeys. Even Madame de Varence would alone have supplied me with more than were necessary, having plenty of connections, negotiations, affairs and commissions, which she wished to have executed by some trusty hand. In these cases she usually applied to me. I was always willing to go and consequently found occasions enough to furnish out a rambling kind of life. These excursions procured me some good connections, which have since been agreeable or useful to me. Among others, I met at Lyon with M. Perichon, whose friendship I accuse myself with not having sufficiently cultivated considering the kindness he had for me and that of the good parisot which i shall speak of in its place at grenoble that of madame des and madame la présidente de Bardonange, a woman of great understanding and who would have entertained a friendship for me had it been in my power to have seen her oftener at geneva that of Monsieur de la closure the french resident who often spoke to me of my mother the remembrance of whom neither death nor time had erased from his heart likewise those of the two barillots the father who was very amiable a good companion and one of the most worthy men i ever met calling me his grandson During the troubles of the Republic, these two citizens took contrary sides, the son siding with the people, the father with the magistrates. When they took up arms in 1737, I was at Geneva, and saw the father and son quit the same house armed. The one going to the town house, the other to his quarters, almost certain to meet face to face in the course of two hours, and prepared to give or receive death from each other. This unnatural sight made so lively an impression on me, that I solemnly vowed never to interfere in any civil war nor assist in deciding our internal dispute by arms either personally or by my influence should i ever enter into my rights as a citizen i can bring proofs of having kept this oath on a very delicate occasion and it will be confessed at least i should suppose so that this moderation was of some worth. But I had not yet arrived at that fermentation of patriotism which the first sight of Geneva in arms has since excited in my heart, as may be conjectured by a very grave fact that will not tell to my advantage. Which I forgot to put in its proper place, but which ought not to be omitted. End of section nine. Recording by Martin Giessen in Hazelmere, Surrey.